Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leone, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. And also preparing for, for the next question or the next point to, to discuss. And I really like how you explain how you explain that. We discussed also in the, in the pre-recording. How is it possible to operationalize this empathy that it's required for these interactions with the customer? What are your thoughts on that? So I mean, you you nailed it right there. When you've got a small com- company and you've got an owner that's directly involved. You can have the conversations. When you have a conversation, you can look a person in the eye. You can form that emotional one-on-one connection. You can understand the pains, the difficulties, the struggles. You can know everything about that customer and tailor your offering to provide them with the solution that they need, right? But how do you scale that connection? You can't do it through a questionnaire because it's impersonal. It, 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 It circulates around the customer, but not directly at what they need. And the way to do that truly is through technology. So the way we found to create a technology that helps us scale empathy is by allowing the customer to have a voice. So when I talk of voice of customer, I am speaking of 100% raw voice of customer. What we created was a machine, Lucy, And Lucy is able to identify impact. And impact is maybe one of the most important things to look at when it comes to customer behavior. Because frequency is actually relative. It's, it's, it doesn't always mean that just because someone complains about something frequently, that does not mean that they are going to leave you because of that. And a story that I tell all the time, and I'm sure you've heard before, Um, to explain the difference between frequency and impact is a, a personal story about the early days of my marriage when my husband uh, took showers and threw the wet towel on the bed and he always threw it on my side of the bed and it was terrible because it soaked through the layers and then when I got in bed at night my feet were in like this wet damp horrible mess and it drove me crazy And um, I complained every single day to a point where, uh, you know, I'm sure there were occasions where I was shouting at him, get out of town, you know, but the I truth have the is, feeling now. I have the, feeling. <laughs> the, the truth is that I, I was never going to leave my husband or end my marriage over a wet towel, because even though it was a really frequent complaint, <laughs> a really frequent complaint, the impact wasn't strong enough. To, to motivate me to walk away, right? Now, if on one occasion I had got home early and found him in bed with a babysitter, I mean, that the would have been the end, no discussion, only once. I would, wouldn't even need a repeat offender, just once, that would be enough, right? Because that impact was absolutely enough to move me with all the effort and all the challenges and all the difficulties to cancel my contract, let's say. And with customers, it's exactly the same thing. Maybe not with a wet towel, but with something else. You know, there's a really good example that um, is is an example from Worthix of a company that did um, magazine subscriptions. 
And these magazine subscriptions, one of the their highest frequency was that the magazine didn't show up on time at their door and that it showed up in the newsstand before showing up in people's homes. And this was like kind of a investigative journalism um, magazine. So they were frustrated that even though they were subscribers, they were finding out a big about the big political scandals and issues after the rest of the market. And that was their number one complaint in their call centers. It was the number one complaint in customer service. So the company had actually decided to invest a lot of money in, in, a, in a logistics overhaul to make sure the magazine got there earlier. But when Worthix came in and we were able to get to what was truly impacting customers' decisions, the complaint that in fact was driving people to churn was in seventh place in the list of complaints. Now, if you're an executive and you have to make a strategic decision about where you're going to spend your money, are you going to spend it on complaint number one or number seven? Number one, that's what everybody would do. But in fact, investing in number one would make absolutely no difference in churn because the people that were complaining about the magazine arriving late did not churn. They were unhappy and it definitely needed to be addressed eventually, but it wasn't enough to make them cancel. Now, number seven was a financial dispute where they had initially uh, agreed to a certain amount, but they were being overcharged on their credit card every month. Now, upon investigation, the company realized that the, the organization that took care of uh, selling these subscriptions wasn't training their representatives properly, and they were training the representatives with the wrong amount. That was fixed with almost no investment, virtually no investment. It was simply, hey, you guys are saying the wrong amount. We're actually charging X, not Z. Problem solved. Now, if they didn't listen to their customers and find out not what their most frequent complaint was, but what their most serious complaint was, what was truly causing them pain, they would have never known. And they would have spent millions of dollars overhauling the logistics, the logistics for an entire region, and ultimately they wouldn't have um, decreased churn at all. You know, so impact is the most important thing to look at when you're considering customer feedback. And, and Lucy is able to do this. That's one of the most powerful things about Lucy is this ability to determine impact. Now, she does this through all this really cool math stuff that if this were an AI podcast, we could definitely talk about. But uh, today, I'm going to have to ask you to trust me Let's just hit the light switch instead of trying to understand the electrical grid and everything that goes into it. But yeah, it, so it it provides impact and it also provides a series of other really important things for decision makers and organizations to keep in mind. For instance, changing expectations. That's something that's rarely approached and is rarely discussed when it comes to customer experience. I think I'm like, the lone voice in the wilderness talking about changing expectations. I haven't heard anybody else preach about this. And it's, it's the fact that this market is so fast. It's so fast. It's crazy. There's The more companies you have, they're developing amazing technology and putting this out in the market. Every time innovation comes out, it doesn't matter what field it's in, it affects the perceptions of other industries. 
So, you know, Shep Hyken always gives this example that sometimes a, a, a hospital administrator was affected with expectations because of Amazon Prime. And he believed that his, a giant manufacturer should be able to prompt him when an order was on its way because if Amazon can do it, why can't they? So, you know, Amazon is in no way competing with medical equipment, but the expectation still exists. And these expectations are what cause frustration if they're not accomplished. So if a customer is expecting something from you as an organization and you fail to accomplish this and you create an expectation gap, that frustration leads to resentment and that resentment leads to anger and anger leads to the dark side and Star Wars, et cetera, ultimately churn, right? So we have to keep track of ever-changing expectations. And the only way to do this is by asking specific questions that have an entire scientific methodology behind it of tracking where the customers are looking when they're scoping out the market and which sort of threat potential rivals in your industry are creating that you don't have. So, you know, back to the general idea of BlackBerry that we've discussed so many times, BlackBerry lost market to Apple not because their product wasn't good, not because their customers weren't satisfied, not because they didn't recommend it enough. I speak firsthand when I talk about recommending BlackBerry. I was a huge BlackBerry fan, but it was because customers' expectations changed and BlackBerry didn't keep up. Apple saw which direction customers were headed with their expectations and innovation and technology, and they were there. BlackBerry sadly was not, and they lost the entire market because of it. You know, so keeping an eye on those changing expectations is definitely crucial as well. It makes totally sense. Also, in your last episode about patient experience, uh, you are doing also this example that the comparison is not in the same industry, but it's also outside of the industry. Uh, a customer cannot wait 40 minutes in the waiting room to, to get to the doctor because uh, then uh, he gets scared, angry, and, 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 and the next time he's not coming back. And therefore, it's, it's impossible to make that. And basically, I think you spoke about expectation. Looking at that from another angle is how is Mary taking decisions, buying decisions, and then I know host shouldn't ask two questions, but I'm sure you will elaborate on that. How are you taking decisions to buy something, a product or a service? And how are our, our customers then taking these decisions? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because working in customer experience has absolutely shaped the way that I make decisions. And working as a marketer has done that even more, right? So when I'm looking at a purchase, I'm first weighing out how much of this is marketing, how much of this is a trap, what's the true offering, what's the true value that this brand is providing me with, right? But when it comes down to human behavior and what drives our perceptions of value, there are a couple of things that we've identified as drivers of perception. We call them perception drivers. And they are the true motivators of decisions. So as humans walking through life, we are constantly doing a cost-benefit analysis of everything that we do. 
right? From the time that we wake up in the morning to whether we're going to hit the gym or not, whether we're going to have the salad or the steak for lunch, whether we're going to put an extra effort in at work today or tomorrow, all of these decisions are actually calculated by our brain. And the way that we make that is, is it worth it? So is it worth it for me to sleep an extra five minutes and risk being late to work? Where do my values lie? What's most important to me? And that's how we make decisions. So when it comes to specifically purchase decisions, most people think that price is what comes to mind. But price is a single facet because price is always relative to begin with, right? You can't compare a Toyota Corolla with a Ferrari because first of all, I'm pretty sure the, the Toyota Corolla is expensive for a lot of people, right? And a Ferrari is unattainable for most people, but it is worth it to a certain group of individuals, right? So price is always relative and it's always compared with the market. So what's the market offering um, versus what this offer gives me a value? But quality is also relative. So it all depends on what you need and why. So let's say, for example, I, I want to buy some earrings, right? Am I looking for a pair of earrings that I want to last a lifetime and eventually want to pass on to my daughter on her wedding day? I'm going to try to look for something that's a little bit better quality. But if I'm looking for um, earrings to compose my Halloween costume for Halloween 2021, I'm going to use it once. I don't care. I don't care what the quality is. It just has to last me till the end of the evening that I'm done. So quality is also relative and it's also depending on multiple factors. Now, relationship is another driver that we take into consideration, especially when we're buying services or when it's a B2B relationship, right? So how responsive is this company going to be? How quickly are they going to solve a, pr a problem or a question? How's the onboarding? Um, is their service consistent? Is their call center well-prepared? Um, do they have available technicians when I need? What's it like to walk into their stores? Do I feel welcome? Do I feel accommodated? Um, is the staff well-trained? So relationship is something that we definitely take into consideration. When it comes to the hospitality industry, that's probably one of the strongest points, right? You can go to a restaurant that maybe didn't surprise you with the quality of the food, but you will never um, return to a restaurant where you were treated poorly by the server, right? So, so relationship ends up being such a strong pointer. Now, these are all tangible perceptions. There are also intangible perceptions that we can't necessarily nail down so specifically. And these things are elements that have more to do with psychology, like social proof. And social proof is when we make decisions based on how others would perceive us, or we follow other people's behavior in an attempt to be validated, right? Now, this was a, a concept that Robert Cialdini, I believe his name is, put in his, in his book, Influence, a couple years ago. And the, 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 the strength of social proof, especially in the world that we live to, in today, and how we are constantly bombarded with social media and with the people around us, it actually plays a really strong part 
in what we choose to buy or not. And then the other intangible decision drivers is brand identification. How much we feel the brand we're doing business with aligns with our internal values. So I I wouldn't want to do business with a brand that I think is racist or a brand that I think is careless with the environment, right? And, And Worthix with Lucy has a way of measuring all of these decision drivers and understanding which ones weigh heaviest for specific customers in specific situations. So it does provide a pretty clear idea of the exact motivators of your customer's decision. And it makes totally sense. Uh, based on, on your last example, people are willing, I am coming from Switzerland, therefore I need to use this example, are willing to pay more for chocolate because it's uh, created in a sustainable way. And then yes. you can follow from where the cocoa is coming and all this stuff. And you don't focus on the price, but you focus more about these certificates that's proof where it's coming from. And, yeah. and what, what you said also, and the last example to, to mention, to, to confirm what you are saying, the social proof. I think Gary Vaynerchuk in each second speech that is um, giving is always says, I don't care about these big brands. I don't need a Rolex to show that I achieved something because I don't need the social proof because I don't care. And, and therefore mm-hmm. it, 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 it totally, it totally makes make sense. Perhaps one question and the last questions of content wise, um, let's say for example, James Dawkins is saying the first impression is the most important one or even before they start interacting or having an interaction with the company, you already have an, an impression of, of this company. Uh, Colin mm-hmm. Cho speak quite a lot about the pick and rule in each episode of his, uh, of his, um, his podcast is uh, making one example about it. For you, what is one extremely important behavior behavior of customer that we need to take into consideration while we want to create experiences? Well, from my angle, I'm always going to first apply it to those five decision drivers, right? To understand. So the, the peak end rule, for instance, that would apply directly to the relationship driver and how customers perceive the relationship that they have. So if I'm in a business where relationship really matters to customers, then I'm definitely going to focus on getting that relationship right. But if I'm in an industry where what matters to customers is price, period, then to be honest, maybe spending a lot of time crafting experiences isn't the best use of your money. I'm sure that eventually, if you have the time and the resources to do so, then you should definitely invest. But everybody knows that a leader needs to make the decisions that are going to impact the bottom line of the organization. If your company isn't profitable, then you're not going to have a company at all. And then there's going to be no decisions or experiences left to design in the first place, right? So first understanding what motivates your customer's decisions and then focusing on the driver that has the strongest potential of uh, causing buying and rebuying decisions and avoiding churn. Now, if we are going to look at relationship, and I really love focusing on hospitality when it comes to relationship, then we can definitely apply these concepts. Now, these concepts of, of behavior psychology, where you can design experiences in your processes to make sure 
you compensate for eventual errors is extremely important. And for me, as a behavior aficionado, uh, just so interesting. And the idea of the peak end rule for the people who don't know is that our memory doesn't work how we think it does. Our brain eliminates 90% of everything that we live through simply because there isn't enough space in the hard drive, right? So we, we remember very specific things. We remember how we feel. That's a really important thing. But we remember how we feel during peaks of emotion. So if you have a, a normal day in someone's life that's somewhat stable with small ups and downs, but then you have an occurrence that either peaks upward or downward, that causes an intense feeling and feelings create memories. So if you think of that uh, Pixar movie, Inside Out, is it Inside Out? It's Inside Out, right? That's a fascinating way to describe how memories are created, how trauma is created. And it's, it's through these peaks, it's through these high intensity moments where we create almost a photographic memory of that moment. And that's what sticks with us. And ultimately, um, scientists uh, like Daniel Kahneman, the one thing that he discovered is that um, other than peaks, the other thing that our brain remembers is the end, because our memory has no perception of time, which is really weird if you think about it. We don't actually remember periods of time. Our memory of a situation, whether it's two weeks or three months or one day, our brain remembers it exactly the same. So if you're able to consolidate an experience with something positive, that can shape the memory of the experience. So even if your customer had a difficult situation or something in the experience that impacted them negatively and created negative association with your brand, you can fix that, you can hack that by changing the end and making sure that the end is warm and fuzzy and magical and that's what they're going to take away from the experience. So I would definitely agree with what Colin Shaw preaches, which is make sure the ending is special and you can hack your way into memorability with your customers. Thank you very much. And I think we are coming to an end. We try to make make it memorable for you, but also for, for the listeners. And I think exactly what you are saying. Ian Golding is also saying people, customer remember good experiences and bad experiences and nothing in between. And, right. uh, and therefore, let's finish with a peak and a great, the last two questions I would like to, to ask you because I value your time and I know that we are running out of time. Uh, is there a book that you say, this is something that I suggest to the audience to, to read? And I know it's quite difficult for you because you are reading a lot. <laughs> I do read a lot. And uh, part of my job as a podcaster is to read the books of all of the guests that come on the show. And I've been lucky enough to read a lot of amazing material. But coincidentally, the book that I would recommend to anyone, whether you're in customer experience or any other industry, is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman which is the book that explains the concepts behind the peak end rule. Because not only does it focus on how interesting memory is, it also focuses on biases and how biases affect our lives. And one of the most interesting things he says is that even though we're conscious of a bias, it doesn't make us immune to it. So 
being conscious that we have a bias. And he goes into detail with, I think, eight biases in his book. So let's say unconscious bias, which is something that has been really popularly discussed of late with issues of racism and, and inequality. When we have a bias towards the situation, that's only the first step because we're still going to default to that behavior because it's what we're used to and it's what we know. If you want to override that bias and that behavior, then it takes a lot of intentionality and it takes a very careful planning of steps in order to manually correct what your brain does automatically. It's a fascinating book, my personal favorite, and I would recommend it to anyone out there who's interested in understanding what motivates people to make decisions. Thank you very much, Mary. And this is my really last question. Is that Mary golden nugget? It's something that we discussed or something new that you, that you would leave to the audience. Focus on impact and how the experiences that you're creating for your customers are affecting their perception of worth. If a customer decides that you're worth it, that means they've taken into consideration all of the surrounding factors like price, like quality, like relationship. And ultimately, they've concluded that what you are providing in your offer is worth the time, the effort, the money they'll have to put in in order to gain that experience. So don't forget to look at the impact. Don't forget to understand perceptions. And don't forget that putting your customer at the center of your operation always pays off. Thank you very much, Mary. And as usual, I'm not commenting the golden nugget because this was Mary's golden nugget. The only thing that <laughs> I can say is thank you very much for your time. It was an outstanding discussion. Thank you for the opportunity. And also to the audience, it was really a great pleasure to have Mary uh, from Vortex on this, on this show. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. Thank you very much. Grazie mille. Arrivederci. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth, subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.